Yes, it is Monday, August 15, the Big Sports Breakfast, Sky Sports Radio. A very good morning to you. If you are just tuning in overnight in the Premier League, high drama between Tottenham and Chelsea. 2-2, it finished up courtesy of a Harry Kane goal six minutes into stoppage time. And then the two managers were sent off, uh, Antonio Conte and Thomas Tuchel, for uh, having a bit of an altercation there on the sidelines. So two all, it finished. Tottenham and Chelsea and Nottingham Forest have their first win since getting back into the Premier League 1-0 against West Ham. Hasn't been a happy final round for Aussie Cameron Smith, who reportedly had a two-shot penalty before his round even started, courtesy of someone uh, ringing up and dobbing him in for some sort of indiscretion. I don't know the details yet, but he's even par through 16 holes, nine under for the tournament. And Will Zalatoris and Sepp Straka are both 14 under par. Is there another sport where you I love get the old dobbing. I love the dobbing. Someone just ringing up and making a complaint. You, know, you lose hey. a game. Excuse me, sorry. Oh my you God. want to find that person and just follow them around all day. Oh, <laughs> See what like they do. It's the goody two shoes. Yeah. It's the... It's like the spelling police on Instagram. Like, how dare you spell a word wrong or get a put a comma where you meant to put a full stop? And they they think it's it's in their right, and they need to let you know that oh, it's not two, it's two. <laughs> Shut up, mate! You goody two shoes. Uh, Go away. Find something better to do uh, than ringing Golf Australia or international golf and complaining that Cam Smith dropping the ball would, would there was be wrong. Sport where that happens. Oh. Where during a game you could ring in and say that this happened and then there's a penalty for it? I, I, just, be, I want to f- see that person. I want, to ha- I want them to put their Who's face Who's watching forward. that closely as well? Like Honestly. You're, just, you're studying every single move the player makes. Oh, yeah. oh, Give it a rest, Just watch mate. the shot. Yeah, just clap. <laughs> Actually, you know what? Just clap. Just stand and applaud how good he is. Speaking of goody two-shoes, Mido, the buzz. How are you, buddy? Oh, what about you, Clarky? How fresh do you sound, mate? What about yeah, you? It's nice to be back, mate. Nice and fresh. A little overweight, but nice and fresh. Yeah, the boys quizzed you about your... Money. Yes, yes, they have uh, on-air and off-air. What did you reveal? Uh, not much that you don't already know, <laughs> to be honest. Oh, I did keep an eye on your social media. I had a good time, buddy. It was really good. But it is nice to be home, I've got to say. What about you and James Packer, eh? You're flying. What do, What do you mean? Mate, I'm flat out getting out in the tinny on Port Hacking, and you're on a $190 million boat. $280 million, don't sell it short. <laughs> but yeah, you're right, I'm very lucky. Yeah, I'll take you out of my tinny one day, Clark. I'm very, very well, lucky. Well, you still owe him a feed, Buzz. Yes. Yeah, I do, I do, yeah. Fish and chips. Oh, mate, you're flying, mate. I've never, as I said on this show last week, I've never known anyone such an exciting countdown to the final just to take off for a month. Yeah, I needed it. <laughs> Mate, it's, the way the Tigers are playing, I had to go in hiding. <laughs> yeah, well, what about your Sharkies, though? Oh, On fire, aren't they? I, I tell you what, Clark, it's really, really exciting. Yeah, I agree. And the job Craig Fitzgibbon's done, I know Todd Payton's had a great year at the Cows and uh, Ivan Cleary again at Penrith, but mm. this is going to be hard to knock off the coach of the year. And <sighs> I just like the feel of the squad. I love the culture that people like Nico Hines and Dale Finucane have brought to the um, to, to the Shire. Um, they're turning up every week. They rarely have an off day like um, a few other contenders. And, yeah, no, it's really exciting and... Um, I heard Laurie say earlier, and I know we're going to talk about this a bit later, 
this is such an exciting run home to the final. Mm. And I reckon only if six teams can win. Obviously, Penrith, the $2.25 favourite for the TAB. But like you said, Lars, I just cannot work out who they'll be playing. And um, to have South and the Roosters strike form over the last month is so great for this competition. The Cowboys had... Um, you know, they didn't play great against the Roosters the other day, but the Sharks and the Storm can win as well. It's it's great for rugby league, and um, yeah, I, I can't wait for the next seven weeks till grand final. Day. Yeah, I think all those sides you mentioned, Buzz, and I failed to mention the Sharks there before, but they're certainly capable. I, I just look at it and go, you know, Penrith are the standout, and they've been the best side, but you know, they're starting to get a few injuries, and you just don't know what's going to happen. But all those other teams, you could make a case for them playing in the grand final, which I think, as you mentioned, is exciting. And I don't know, we, we, we over the last couple of years, we've probably had one or two standout sides and mm. the teams that are expected to get there, get there, and they, you know, the Roosters or Penrith or Melbourne have won it. But I, I just like the fact that someone could possibly play well on the day and cause an upset. Just like, uh, Loz, the look of those Roosters and Rabbitohs, um, rosters and you look through the big game experience of the Tedesco's the Curies, the Martins Garibura Hargreaves and the Souster you know the Cameron Murray the Tommy Burgess um, Rookie Harp but Cody Walker and Latrell and I honestly think this is a year we could see a side out of the top four be there on grand final day with an even money chance of winning I really do and it's, it's Great for the competitions, I said. We've got the Arlington Stadium opening and blockbust around 25. Then what could be an all-time final series? Big news yesterday for the Bulldogs, signing Cameron Serraldo for five years. Yeah, massive story. Um, Gus finally got his man. He, he threw a few dummies along the way, Gussie, and originally... <laughs> no, surely not. Sold <laughs> a, a few porkies, but um, look... He told us originally he wanted an experienced coach because of the magnitude of the uh, rebuild at Belmore, and that immediately shone the light on Shane Flanagan and Michael McGuire, who both won premierships. But um, really, he always wanted Cameron Serraldo, who at 38 will be the youngest coach in the NRL, but a terrific talent. He's um, been a great right-hand man for Ivan Cleary at the Panthers with all their success in recent years. He's their Minister for Defence there. He's the one who designed all the strategies to you know, to keep their line intact, which has just been so outstanding in recent times. Look, the, the only thing I will say is just because you're out of a Penrith system or a Melbourne system, it doesn't automatically make you a great coach. And I wrote this morning about... Trent Barrett only having a 14% win record despite the rap on Baz when he came out of Penrith. And Garth Brennan, too, um, um, at the Titans, had a tough run. I think he had a 30% win record. And you look at guys like Adam O'Brien, who came out of Melbourne and then had a year under Trent Rock. So it doesn't mean um, you're going to be an immediate success. But I've got this feeling that Cameron Serraldo will prove that... Um, theory wrong, that um, he's got what it takes. I think it's enormous for Canterbury in that he knows the pathways so well at Penrith. He's been there over a decade on their coaching staff. 
knows how to bring young players through. And, um, yeah, I, I think it's a huge coup for the Bulldogs. I spoke to the TAB guys last week, and they haven't put a market up for next year yet. But when you add Billy Kickow and Reid Marnie to the list that it, up until the Warriors game were playing really good football, put them in with Matty Burton and the rest of the top. I think they're going to be a real top eight chance next year. Buzz, you mentioned Trent Barrett. Does this open up the door for him to even go back to the Panthers as an assistant? Oh, probably not, Clarkie. Look, he's been there twice as an assistant. Mm. Um, it was with Ivan Cleary originally, and then he went to Manly. Then he um, quit Manly and went back there. I don't think he'd come back three times. But look, what I wrote on the weekend, and I think this would be a terrific move for St George Illawarra. They've uh, they've they've dumped their two assistant coaches and Wade um, and James Graham. So Anthony Griffin is looking for new assistants, assistants who can connect with younger players, which Trent Barrett has proven at. I think Baz is a great assistant coach and he showed that at Penrith with the early development of young Cleary and Jerome Luai and Matt Burt and all those guys came through while he was the assistant. And I think he'd be an absolute coup for the Dragons. They've got terrific young players coming through. You saw um, Amon yesterday down in the National Capital. What did he score? Three tries. Mm. And... I think it's time St George did bring through some of the younger players and um, it'd be really exciting there to have Baz alongside um, Anthony Griffin to oversee that. What did you make of Manly yesterday, Buzz? And given that performance, how much of an effect do you think it's played on their minds that, you know, the day that they decided, the seven decided not to wear that pride jersey? Um I said at the time, Loz, and I've been saying it like a broken record ever since. I think it's fractured the dressing sheds. And again, I don't want to be critical of those players. I'd just like to hear from them, uh, the seven who pulled out, and I, to get a better understanding of their reasons. But they weren't, uh, they, they were really poor. And what did they leak yesterday? 38 points, something like that, to the Titans. That's just not on for a team that was mathematically still alive in the competition. And now um, I know Brent Reid wrote in the Daily Telegraph on Saturday about the clauses in Des's contract. And the fact Des's manager, George Bimus, um, met with the club two weeks ago but can't get rid of that clause in the contract that he has to make the top eight or top six this year to get an extension. So what this means is Des is going to be under enormous pressure to turn it all around next year. I don't know if they've brought in a lot of new talent. They're losing Kieran and They've got to get Josh Juice to fit to play 5-8 next year. So it's a real turning point moment for the Seagulls. It's been really, really disappointing the back end of the season. And obviously the Pride jersey um, has affected them because what you had... 10 players who were prepared to turn up and play for their season against the Roosters, what was it, two or three weeks ago, while you had seven that didn't. And again, I'm not blaming them. It was a total lack of consultation from the um, from the club. They didn't handle it properly, but um, I think it has ruined their season uh, because they're not playing anything like we know they can. Can I read between the lines here, Buzz, that there's not total support there for Des? I think you can, and um, 
Wow. I think Spock, Scott Penn came when he arrived back from America during this crisis. He said, look, Des is here as long as he wants. But if Des was here as long as he wants, there'd be more public support. Yeah, and you'd and sign him up, band. wouldn't you? Just extend it. Is that from board, you reckon, Laws, or players? I don't know. Yeah, I, okay. I, I thought Des would just be there for as long as he wanted to be there. Mm. But I'm sort of reading between the lines here. They're saying, well, they're not going to take out and we're not going to give Des another year. We'll see how we go next year. I'm mm. just sitting back going, well, if you really wanted him, you'd be extending him now. Mm. Yeah, look, if you remember when Bulldog broke the pride jumper story and Des and Daly Cherry Evans did a press conference and I thought they both showed outstanding leadership to front up with the cameras and try to tell the story and, and give people an understanding and uh, you know the entire situation that it, that had rocked the club. But Des was quite critical of the management, the football club management and the board for the manner in which they handled it. Um, I say good on him. We want honesty. We want the truth out there. We want to know why this situation eventuated. But I don't think it won him any support from the board. They're expecting him to, I think, tow more of a company line. Mm. Um, but look, the bottom line is they don't have results this year and I'm not prepared to blame Des for that. I'm really not. I, I, I blame the Pride jersey fiasco and because they were well and truly in the race. And look, they nearly beat us. They weren't that far off the pace against the Roosters that day without seven players. So it's pretty obvious when you're letting the Titans run in 38 points. and you, That was, what, their first win in 10 weeks. I think it's, um, you know, pretty obvious that there's serious internal problems inside that club. Buzz, you and your colleagues compiled the Rich 100 list, which we saw in the News Corp papers over the weekend. What did you learn from compiling that? I'll tell you what I have learned. I'm going to do next year, I'm going to do a media rich list. Right, mm-hmm. I know he'll be on top. Oh, yeah, I agree. You know, I'd like his <laughs> wage. Well, I know, I know what the Quinella will be. <laughs> Daily Clark, please. Daily Clark. Yeah, in that order too. I agree. No, then, no. Then we move on to the battlers, right? The workers, okay. Uh, the grafters, bulldogs. Mm. The real people. <laughs> Talk, talking of the real people, did you watch the Matty John show last night? <laughs> oh, mate. <laughs> what did you think of the impersonation? Or the... Oh, mate, Matty sent me a text that says, wasn't that fun, Buzz? I said, I can't repeat what I said, thanks. <laughs> it wasn't oh, thanks? Dear, oh, mate, he loves giving it to me, those blokes, Fletcher, Heidi, all of them. But anyway, we'll, we'll keep going, Loz. Yeah, uh, you just got to keep battling on, mate. You know what? My view is whatever anyone says about your rights, about your song, as they spell your name right, everything's sweet. You know? <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy for him to spell my name wrong. <laughs> Yeah, you're with Clark with an E, aren't you? I am. But anyway. Today I um, am. You know, back to that NRL 100 rich list. And look, what it did expose was uh, at least a dozen or more really questionable deals of players being overpaid in the competition. And my column today, I pointed out that we should not in any capacity be blaming the players. Like, no one held a gun to David Peter's head and said, you know, you've got to sign here for one, 1.1 million or whatever he's on. No one ordered Luke Brooks to sign at the West Tigers for $960,000 a year. So what this is, 
I think particularly at the struggling clubs, we've seen many, many cases of salary cap mismanagement, desperate clubs, desperate coaches and recruitment staff attempting to buy immediate success, wanting a quick fix, multi-million dollar signings, no investment in pathways or juniors, no five-year plans, no nothing strategic about rebuilds. And so I think we should be blaming the, the clubs rather than the players for the way some of them have recklessly gone about building strong rosters to win straight away rather than build for sustained success like clubs, like the Roosters, like the Panthers have. Just for all my blues with him over the years, the, the system he set up at Penrith was so first class. And what it's done didn't just win them a premiership last year. It set them up for sustained success, like Melbourne Storm. Melbourne Storm have made the finals 10 of the last 10 years and they've made the top four nine of those last 10 years. And they don't overpay players. They don't do panic signing. So these clubs like the Warriors, Titans and the West Tigers have got to steadily rebuild, show some patience, show some metal against, you know, and just just build and they'll eventually get there. But, you know, the West Tigers threw so 900000 at Moses Endor, 900000 at Russell Packard, Joey Leilua, huge money, Josh Reynolds. It's not money well spent. The rich list has exposed this. Well, I'll tell you where money was well spent, Buzz, and whatever they paid him, it wasn't enough. Nico Hines, both on and off the field. Oh, my goodness. What a quality human being, this guy. Did you guys see his um, him at full time in Tamworth the other day, how he spoke about the, the grieving family of mm, yeah. Green? And it was just delivered so beautifully, and uh, Nico Hines has had a lot of experience around mental health and He's had a few personal battles himself and he, he knows a lot of his mates have as well. And if we do an Are You OK campaign, I don't think it should be just for one round. I think it should be every round. And the game has got an opportunity to here to take a leadership position on that. And I heard your very good comments earlier, Clarky. And I think people like Nick Alvines and, and yourself, Clarkie, with the cricketers need to front these campaigns. And, you know, people listen to their heroes and the, the stars. And if you can save one life, yeah. it's going to be a victory. And um, yeah, it's going to take a long, long time for all of us across the game, uh, the fans, players, everyone, you know, to get over what happened with Paul Green last week. Yeah. Buzz, thanks so much. Thank you, guys. Cheers now. As Zalatoris and Straka both 15 under par late in the final round of the St. Jude Championship in Memphis. Uh, Aussie Cam Smith, if you're just tuning in, he copped a two-stroke penalty after someone rang up and dobbed on him from something that occurred yesterday. I don't have all the details yet, but uh, he has now finished his round. He finished with an even pass 70, so finishes... At nine under par, currently tied for 13th. Uh, the Aussie, he would have gone to world number one if he was to win the tournament this morning, but uh, didn't quite go his way. Cam Davis, also nine under for the tournament. He's finished. Adam Scott, a good final round. He shot a four under 66 to finish 11 under, and he's tied for sixth. 
but it's uh, Zalatoris and the Austrian striker fighting it out for victory. Also, just (laughs) tell me how, (laughs) with any sport at the highest level these days, that something could be missed where a fan saw it, but the television camera didn't. There's cameras everywhere. Well, in golf. Yeah. What have have they missed? Like, if you're taking a drop, for example, the number two player in the world, I would imagine there's a camera on him watching him take the drop. Well, it's funny you say that, being the number two player in the world. There's a theory that, everyone's against him, that they actually didn't show that much of his, many of his shots in the third round. I've seen a couple of texts on mm. this. Because why? They're well, not going to be successful. Live. Because he's going, so this is the whole thing. Like it, They do tend to favour the Americans naturally yeah. on the PGA Tour coverage. Yeah. Sometimes you wonder what's going on because they don't seem to show players, especially international <laughs> yeah. players, up near the top of the leaderboard as much as they do some of these random Americans. Yeah, okay. But I think they, well, yeah. I, I understand that, but I reckon it's got a little bit to do with the fact the that live he's to about it, think. to... Oh, but I don't... Why, why is there... What, there's beef on anybody that's gone to that, or there's beef that Cameron Smith's considering oh, going? of all of them. Man, I feel... This is the thing I've said at only, the start. He and someone else that were allowed to play in this tournament, weren't they? A lot of the other guys... Matt Jones and to, uh, Taylor Gooch and another American, they went to court... To try and be able to play, and they weren't allowed, and they didn't hey, win. Greg Norman is going. Greg Norman's going to go from the most hated person in golf to the most loved. It's the IPL all over again. Everyone hates him now because he's creating a difference. He's the face of this live tournament. Yet every player over the next fifty years will be thanking him. It's exactly what happened. Like, don't tell me the guys playing IPL aren't playing for the money. That's what that competition is. Twenty twenty cricket. They're not there to improve their game. They're playing for the money. Yeah. Kerry Packer, when he started World Series cricket, look at the ruckus that created. Yet every player to play since the 80s should be thanking Kerry Packer because yeah. cricket wouldn't be where it is without him. Well, you just know eventually two parties are going to come together. Man. It has to. I don't know why they can possibly be critical of a player when there's... He's not saying he doesn't want to be a part of you know international golf, PGA Tour. He's not saying that, but... How much did Buzz say? One hundred and eighty million or um, um, Pengilly? Pengilly? What did Adam say? One hundred and forty million. I think one hundred and forty million yeah. US. US. Yeah. A year? <laughs> no, it's just a one-off. It's a one-off sign-off. A sign-on. Like who's saying no to that? How can you? How can you mm. be disappointed with <laughs> Cameron Smith saying yes to that? You can't. I think you'd be. I you'd think be slapping you'd be, him on the back and saying, if he doesn't do it, it, I think then we've got a reason to go. What's he thinking? Not the other way around. He's not disrespecting any other tournament. He still wants to play. He hasn't come out and said, oh, "Hang on, hmm. I'm gonna." It's like oh, I'm gonna quit playing international cricket and just go and play in the IPL. The boys aren't saying that. They're saying we still want to play for our country, but there is a gap or an opportunity where we got the chance to go and make ridiculous money. We're going to go and do it. I love this text, and we've had a couple like this. Regarding Cam Smith, could you imagine if Rugby League had the capacity for fans to call up and dob in? Valetis would need 4,000 people to staff the call centre, says Mitch yeah. from Temple. It'd be a big call centre. It'd be a big call centre. It'd be a busy call centre, that's for sure. Man. Oh, imagine the people taking the call. <laughs> I was going to say, who put your hand up for that job? Imagine if you didn't know Rugby League. Well, even if you did know Rugby League. No, you're getting abused anyway. Either way, you're getting abused. <laughs> I love it. G'day, boys. I ring and dobbed on Ashley Klein for buggering the bunker call after the Tigers-Cowboys game. Didn't get me anywhere, says Tiger Marty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great stuff. We've got uh, 13.53.53. Chockey. G'day, Chockey. 
Yeah, g'day, boys. How are we? All good? Yeah, great for a Monday, mate. You got a hero on villain? Yeah, yeah, hero on villain. But before that, just Clarky, stay solid. Clarky, tell him nothing, mate. Yeah, I agree, oh, buddy. I Keep it close to my chest, eh? What are you I agree, Jockey, I agree. Jockey. <laughs> Jockey, you want to know, don't you? Yeah, we want details. <laughs> yeah, but I, I'll be watching Instagram, mate. I, I, I... <laughs> uh, I can't get away with much these days, buddy, that's for sure. No, that's true. Now, my, my hero is a, it was Australia Cup uh, knockout final yesterday where my mob, Sydney United F58, uh, knocked over the Australian champions, Western United, which is Aloysius' team, which, uh, to me, they were heroes to knock out the big boys yesterday to, to advance to the quarterfinals. That's the oh, magic of the cup, isn't it? Seeing these NPL, etc. clubs beating the big boys. That's a Absolutely. great win. Absolutely. And, and obviously the villain's the obvious one. is the shoe Can't believe that's happened. Let's hope it's overturned very shortly, boys. Mm, agree. Yeah, that's... Yeah. I think we're all appalled by that. Surely so, they've got to... Mm. They've got to fix that. Surely oh, enough people good. complain Thanks, about boys. it. Yeah. No, good on you, Chalky. Thanks for the call, mate. Uh, and we've got... If I just want to read this text out first. Hero Sydney Swans. What a great win over Collingwood, announcing themselves as a real premiership chance. Villain Canterbury Bulldogs. When will NRL clubs learn to sign coaches on two or three year with an option rather than throwing money around like confetti? It is not an endless money pit, and people's lives and careers are on a nice edge constantly. We should have been given a swift kick due to the tragic events of the last week. I say the NRL should refuse to accept it and set some rules in place. No name to that one. The only thing I'd say that is, you know, restraint of trade, obviously. I don't think you can go and limit, uh, you know, the Players Association, et cetera. You know, they obviously want, if you're able to get a good, a a long contract, then that's the club's prerogative. Uh, But if it goes wrong, you've got to accept there will be consequences, essentially, for your bottom line. That's exactly right. There'll be a payout if it goes Mm. wrong. That's the only risk you have. It's like signing a player on a long-term deal if their performances start to drop and you've got a player on $1 million and he's playing like a $400,000 player, uh, you ask serious questions about whether you made the right decision or not. Look, it's always a risk regardless. But, you know, the pedigree with Cameron Terraldo is that, you know, he's done the apprenticeship, away he goes, he'll be, he'll be fine. A good player is the same. I mean, you'd take a punt with Tommy Turbo, you'd take a punt with um, Nathan Cleary, uh, these type of players over long term on on big money. We got David. G'day, David. Yeah, g'day, boys. How are you? Yeah, pretty good, mate. What do you got good for day. us? Oh, well, obviously, um, the villain is obviously the security guards over New Zealand. Unless there's more to that story, that's an absolute joke. Yeah. Um, how they can do that to the fellow with the shield? We doing nothing wrong. Nah, I think we all agree. Mm-hmm. What about your hero? Yeah. My hero is actually um, for a tough, under a tough year, but the West Tigers, um, they come to Timworth on the weekend for their game. They made themselves um, open training camps. And they had a stunning day on the on the Friday, and then oh, on the Thursday, sorry, and then they stayed out in that field for nearly an hour, hour and a half after the game, signing autographs, taking photos with all the spectators. I mean, with COVID rules in there, they still made themselves available to the public. It was absolutely great to see. And Lozzie, you know better than anyone what that means to those country communities to have that access to NRL They do such a fantastic job. And the other thing is you've got to have the facilities to be able to host a game like that. Mm. And the surface on the weekend and the ground itself just looked magnificent on telly. Mm. You know, that was as good, if not better, than any other surface you would see in the NRL. And to see the hill packed, the amount of people that turned up, 
well done to everyone involved. How about those people who have, you know, the house and they've got the balcony just perfectly placed above the ground enough yeah. to be able to just mm. set up camp up there and just... Oh. Opportunity to charge, you know. Opportunity to charge people to come. Rent your house out for the weekend. Airbnb, you reckon? I don't know. Yeah. Um, I don't know what you charge for the weekend. Well, you'd have to sell it. You'd have to say, mm-hmm. you know, there's a game of football on. Lovely balcony. Fit six. Fit <laughs> <laughs> two, but you can squeeze yeah, six yeah. in. <laughs> Ten. Yeah. Um, party upstairs and downstairs. Sleep, sleep at 14. <laughs> a couple of bunks. Oh, you surely you'd have to be charging oh, what, two grand for the night. Oof. Yeah. Two grand for the night in Tenworth. Mm. There's yeah. an apartment block at there the Oval in, in London. Where you can see from on the field when you're playing, and and there's mm. one spot on the corner that's got the big balcony, oh. mate. Honestly, it holds twenty. There's seventy people on this balcony, <laughs> like you can just see them all squeezed in. So I reckon they must do the same. That whole top, the top level of the apartment, when there's a big test match on, yeah, right, Ashes Test, they must just Airbnb oh, that. Would, would be worth a mozza. Is there any other ground around the world that has a similar? Oh, a lot of the county grounds, the major grounds, I can't think of yeah. that. That one at the Oval stands out for mine because you you can hear them. Yeah. They are yelling and screaming. But um, yeah, a lot of the county grounds have got. Um, well, these days as well, they've built. So uh, the Rose Bowl at Hampshire, for example, they've built a hotel at the ground. So now you you can sit in your hotel room, and it's right beside the commentators' box, and you can watch the game from your hotel room. Wow. Yeah, so a lot of the, the major grounds major are, starting to do that are trying now. to are building yeah. actual hotels there. Steve of Waracknabeel, morning to you, mate. Hey, boys, how we going? Yeah, we're good, we're good. What do you got for us? Well, before I do hero and villain, but I've got I've got a bit of the short-term memory loss like all of us, <laughs> but didn't the PGA Tour come out last year and say that they're no longer going to allow people to phone up and be golf rule experts anymore? Yeah, look, I haven't seen, other than a text, but but you can tell by his score that he must have got a two-shot penalty because he shot even for the round and he was 11 under par coming into it. So uh, I I, I didn't see the PGA Tour do that, Steve, but, um, you know, it's rascal behaviour, isn't it, anyway? Oh. Seriously? Absolutely. Let it go. All right, heroes and villains. The hero has to go to the bloke that's going to get the award for the greatest persistence in well, that I can remember in sport. There's a bloke by the name of Winton Bernard that plays for the San Diego Padres over in America. 863 games in the minors before he got his call-up. Ten and a half years. He stuck around. He tried, he tried, he tried, and it finally paid off for him. I just thought that was a good news story. Outstanding. That is persistence. What about your villain? We didn't show up. We didn't come to play. Our heads weren't in it. All the rubbish that gets rolled out by club captains at presses. It's just a... I heard Gutho the other day, and I'm a Parramatta supporter. You guys know that. Oh, we didn't turn up today. Well, what, what is that? What does that mean? <laughs> I remember, Mick, I remember mm. Mick Malthouse was asked that by a journo once at a press conference. And he goes, come to play. What does that mean? They sat in their cars... They sat in their cars in the in the car park outside the MCG. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, I, I know what, I know what you're saying. Steve. I, I think it's just a throwaway line. Yeah, it is. I, yeah. I think it's just a throwaway line, and I think what it means is this is me personally thinking about 
not coming to play is that some people in our squad, their minds weren't on the mm, job. We, yeah. we probably didn't prepare as well as what we should have done. And we lacked energy when we ran out there on the field. And once we lacked energy, our start was no good. There was no yeah, coming back. It's the back same as it. I leave nothing in the change room. Well, mm. what do you do? You don't ever leave your right leg in there, do yeah. you? Of course yeah. you take it out of the change room, but it's it's the mental. Yeah. It's bring Pack your brains. Yeah. You know, make sure you are a hundred percent there physically and mentally. Yeah. Um, you know, to to give yourself a chance of winning. That's why I admire the teams that have success for such a long period yeah. of time. And you're not necessarily going to win the competition every year, but if you are continually finishing in the finals or top four, mm. you've got to be up most games. You've got to be there mentally, yeah, ready to go because. Other teams are coming to beat you because you're the big dog. And that's why I love about the Penrith, the Roosters, the Melbourne Storms over the last few years, and more so Roosters and and Melbourne, is they've consistently been in finals, consistently looking at challenging for a comp, and they win the majority of their games. And that's hard to do. Uh, This uh, Heroes and Villains text, Hero Pup taking time away from your high-profile role and keeping your private life private is great for your mental health. Don't bend to the pressure, Pup. Villain Loza. Bend, bend. Keeping my private life (laughs) private, I wish. Villain Loza. Me? What have I done? Six weeks back, he was howling about the poor refereeing when the Raiders didn't get a penalty at the end of the game. Exact same situation yesterday, and we don't hear a peep. No wonder supporters think the media is biased. Come on, Loz, be better than that, says Mark at Newey. Yes, Loz, be better than that. Well, Mark from Newey, (laughs) let me just say this. Um, Earlier this morning, we did discuss the Dragons and the Raiders game. And boys, what did I say? You said... There probably was a penalty. No, can't remember. Never heard that. Don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) No, Mark, I agree with you, mate. I I thought it should have been a penalty. I thought it should have been a penalty, as it should have been a penalty six weeks ago when they played down there in in Wollongong. Um, Again, it was a decision where it could have went either way, but the referee decided to not give a penalty. And I think Mm. the fact that he lost the ball getting to his feet contributed to the referee not blowing his whistle because I think if he got to his feet and he held on to the ball I reckon he might have blown the whistle but yeah I I think it should have been a penalty you could argue the infringement happened after the clock at least the clock on the TV which I know is not the official clock struck zero yeah but again you got to find out too what he's hearing in his ear yeah because they might say game over and then he's allowed every opportunity or allowed the Dragons player every opportunity to get to his feet and he didn't get there as quickly as he he possibly could have. So, look, me personally, watching it yesterday, I thought it was going to be a penalty. I was happy, though, when it wasn't given a penalty. Ali Mosley from Sky Racing. Good morning, Ali. Good morning, team. How are you going? Yeah, we're pretty well for a Monday. What would you make of Zuccarino's win in the Rosebud? Oh, I thought it was enormous. I Well, I mean, I wasn't thrilled because I'd backed Safe Walk and tipped him everywhere and he probably should have won. Um, but it was it was enormous, and I know he's a horse has um, had a big opinion of, and they've taken their time with him. So it was great for John O'Shea to have a good one coming back through. But I was cheering baseball home, so I was a little bit disappointed. <laughs> What'd you make of Shades of Rose on the weekend? She's very impressive. She's phenomenal. She's definitely a, a black type mare, that's for sure. Um, it was sort of almost just a track gallop for her. She absolutely obliterated them. I thought taking the dollar, I think she jumped about a dollar sixty. I thought, oh, I don't know about that. I was a bit nervous, but um, 
I don't know why I was nervous at all. She smoked them and she'll go on to much bigger and better things and I'm sure Bjorn will have a bit of a plan for her. He was actually saying that working through the grades with her at the moment is just so beneficial in financially with the prize money that we're getting at the moment. You know, you the, the races are just worth so much. Why wouldn't you? I mean, she won 76 grand on the weekend and she just will keep clicking through. And, you know, the prize money that you can amass if you've got a talented progressive horse is, is is next level now in racing in, in New South Wales. Now, there were some hard luck stories on the weekend. Frumos, Monfelicity among them. What are you following? So there's a couple that I'm going to follow. And I know oh, this could be, well, it won't be silly, but I know everyone was a bit uh, disappointed probably with how things turned out for Frumos. But one thing I wanted to point out was that she ran the fastest 200-metre sectional of the race despite not being out of second gear. So that's an, that's enormous. If you watched her just with nowhere to go and she was still able, she looked like she was sort of just completely held and she was held up and she was still running the fastest 200-metre sectional, which is just next level. Um, so that was between the 400 and the 200 and she was hard held from the 300-metre mark. So that just shows how much ability she's got. Um, so we could have seen something special if she'd got into the clear, I think, just given that the way the track was playing on Saturday, nothing worked for her, but we will see the best of her going forward. So I'll definitely follow her. And then one more was Mon Felicity. That was a hard watch for anyone who'd backed her as well. Things looked promising when she moved into a good position, rounding the home bend, but then it just went completely pear-shaped. She didn't see daylight until the race was all over, and there's no doubting that she that she would have been able to get out and win that. Um, despite the awkward run home, she still went the fourth best 600 in the race and there's plenty more to offer from her. What do you think of Mr. Brightside on the weekend down there at Caulfield? First up after winning the Doncaster and bang, wins again. Well, I think he was sort of, those good horses, they're sort of expected to win, but when they do win, everyone's so pleased and I'm just so stoked for, for the team. I'm really good. Grace, Ben's partner, is one of my best mates and They've worked so hard to sort of build back up after David left and for them to have this sort of flagship horse now and show that he's come back in good order, he can train on and, you know, I think their ultimate goal will be the Cox Plate. So they could get him to a Cox Plate for for them in, you know, only I think it's their second or third season without David around. It would be enormous. So I was very, very pleased and I think um, he's still still got a lot to offer this prep, Mr Brightside. Yeah, very good horse, no doubt about that. Ali, have a good week. We'll chat later in the week. Thanks, team.